Hello, Wolves fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolves Fancast. Uh, with me today to try and make something interesting out of a nil-nil board draw with Chelsea is Dan, Kim, and Matt. Uh, just a quick round the table, guys. Dan, started with you first. Kind of sum up that for me. <laughs> That's all it was, just BT Sport commercial break and a bit of football in between. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, that's well remembered, to be fair. I did. I, I thought I'd recognise the tune. I thought I'd recognise the tune, to be honest. Yes. Kim, what do, you, what do you make of it? Nil, nil, four, Yeah, I thought you fell asleep off. I think that sentence then for a second. <laughs> like, but, you know, I, I wouldn't have blamed you after that game, to be honest. And Matt, finally, how do you sum that one up? Much like myself, it's not pretty, but we got the job done. <laughs> what jobs have you been getting done? Mate, <laughs> sign up to my OnlyFans and you'll find out, mate, my friend. <laughs> There's a plug for you. OnlyFans cast, was it again? That's it, mate, you got it. <laughs> right, well, um, back to back to basics, it was really for Wolves. A nil-nil draw, clean sheet on the road against the Chelsea team who were... Um, perhaps on a bit of a high, given that they'd um, changed manager and we're looking for that little bit of um, bounce back ability, shall we call it, um, from, from a poor run of form themselves. Um, going back to the starting lineup at the, at the beginning of the, of the game, it, it came out, a couple of interesting things came out of it to begin with. Firstly, Daniel Pedence, um, totally unannounced as usual, was, uh, was fit to start. And um, we've obviously chosen to go back to the three-four-three system. So, Matt, what what did you think when when he first saw the lineup? I think it was um, I wouldn't say refreshing, but I think just needed. It was something. It's like that security blanket, isn't it? You know, enough of the experimentation. Let's just get something that we know that we're comfortable with. Um, I was a little concerned, and I said in the pre-match Instagram live chat that you and um, Luke did that um, I was a little concerned about. Um, Aitnuri and Kilman on that left-hand side. And I think, I thought we might be exposed on this left-hand side. But apart from that, I think it was a good lineup as that we could have expected considering um, our injury crisis that's slowly getting better. Um, and I didn't expect to see Jose on the bench, but I guess we'll come to that with the other guys. Yeah, yeah. Um... Nice to see, always, that you you got a new signing on the bench. Um, leading on to that, Kim, three strikers in total on the bench, zero on the pitch. Um, what what did you make of that decision? I mean, I suppose you could look at it both ways. I almost took it as a positive that we actually had three strikers on the pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said in the group chat, really, I was... A little bit apprehensive of the fact that we didn't have um, sort of a focal point um, to start with. I think it kind of showed, and, and like you said, Gully, to be fair, we did beat Chelsea with with no, effectively no out-and-out strikers. Um, but I think, especially today, considering we were like so under the cosh, we really needed that sort of focal point, that striker, um, and... It kind of showed, I think, when when Willian came on. But I suppose overall, I was happy in the sense that I was quite shocked actually that Pedent started because um, I didn't really expect him to be even back for this game. But I think looking back, ideally we could have started with a focal point that would have helped us sort of ease the pressure and probably like you know counterattack a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I mean, the the whole false nine thing, I, I say it worked against them previously. It was it was more of a system change. I think Fabio Silva came off after about an hour and then we, we kind of won the game after that. Um, so, you know, depends which way you want to you word it in, in, in that sense. But Dan, going back to the back three, were, were you for or against that decision? I, I think it was massively needed. I think this is the way we're going forward now. It, it has to be if... <sighs> If we're going to progress, this is the only way under Nuno. I think it can be done. Um, just when going, you say that, when you say that, do you mean you don't see us progressing with a back four in terms of long term? Yeah, not under Nuno. 
I don't think he's got the attacking nerves as a coach to, to make us a, a, a progressive team with a back four. That's my opinion. We're in the back three today. I make. I'm, I want to get straight on it. I don't rate Max Kilman. I think he's Christoph Berra 2.0. I think he's good physically at what he does. He does the basics right, but for considering he comes from futsal and he's supposed to be so good on the on the on the ball and being able to find passes, he just can't do it. He reg he regularly chooses the wrong pass. His long range passing is as is as bad as Courtney House's. That's my opinion on Max Kilman. So if Roman says is fit, he has to be that left centre back for me. But he speaks Russian, Dan. Don't you know? I'll give a if he speaks <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> that, that's become the new futsal, hasn't it? That he, he speaks Russian and he's of uh, Russian descent, I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like you're being a bit harsh there. But we'll get into we'll get into the game, um, really. And like I say, we'll, we'll try and find something interesting to say about this. But given that Chelsea had just lost their manager, um, did we think that came at a good time for us or a bad time, Kim? I'll start with you. Well, initially, I thought, oh, you know, we literally, we're going to get smashed here. Before that, you know, you know, when you hear that, that Lampard's being sacked, you think, oh, God, Chelsea are literally going to, you know, be at it. But I don't, I actually, I mean, in terms of their starting lineup, you know, they've got a really good squad. We can't, you know, we can't say otherwise, but... I don't feel like they actually troubled us that much, to be honest. You know, they had a lot of possession, but did they create a lot more than us? I, I genuinely don't think they did, actually. Um, well, if I tell you the, the XG, I, the XG was pretty much level um, at the end of the game. So, you know, that, that tells its own story, doesn't I'm not, it? I'm not surprised. Mm. Yeah, so it's probably one of the most boring games I've ever watched. Let's be honest. Come on, yeah, there. that Brighton game last season. Matt, we could, we can. You want about the Brighton one at home? The last time we were all in the stadium. I think that's what makes it even worse is the fact that it was the last time <laughs> in the stadium. It makes it that little bit more sore. That game's going to take on some kind of like godly status now just for, just because it was the last one before the pandemic isn't it i i heard they use that game in guantanamo bay as a torture device <laughs> and none of that stuff goes on there allegedly don't come for me WikiLeaks. <laughs> um yeah i must be a masochist because i thought that was a decent game to watch tonight i i think i think it was an, an interesting game in that I think we actually got it tactically spot on in terms of what Nuno wanted to achieve. I don't, I don't think he had any ambition of winning the game in in so much as the, the the clean sheet was far, far more important to him, to the team, to confidence. That's exactly I mean, what The clean had. sheet was massive tonight on, on the back of, you know, getting the clean sheet away at Chorley was massive just because of how, how long we've gone without getting clean sheets. Getting a clean sheet tonight, but we still had, in my opinion, I thought we had two good chances tonight. Neto where he clips the bar and then Donk has got to do better at the end for me um, defensively I just thought we were that good on, on another day that would have been a, a City away performance replicated and everyone would have been jizzing the pants over a new now tactical masterclass yeah totally 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 get you get get the, the point there and I think personally if I recall a game that we played against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge where we actually went ahead and obviously they equalised late in, in, in the game from Hazard. I think there wasn't much difference between the two fixtures. Um, we didn't create much that day um, when Jimenez and Jotto done the one-twos all the way up the pitch and, and, and scored a bit of a dodgy goal. But really, you know, that day we were calling it a bit of a masterclass. And today we're just, you know, sitting here, you know, twiddling our thumbs, bored out of our brains. So it goes to show, I suppose, what, what time can do to you and your, you know, your own thoughts and feelings about a game but I mean Matt what, what did you make of Chelsea really because new manager you expect a little bit more from them did you see much from them in that first half I think I, I think they had their own handbrake on as such in that they went for experience over creativity I think you know I, I, you can't blame the manager when he's had less than a day's full training with a squad he just wants to put a team out see what's going on allow people to 
fight for their place. You know, they looked more dangerous when they brought on Mount for sure. Um, I, I think Chelsea were. It, it was a strange one. You know, if you're if you're a player, especially a fringe player, and you're playing a, your first game under a new manager, do you really want to take that many risks and look like a pillock and then not get any more game time? They were as conservative as we were. It's just they have that little bit of extra quality. Um, so I wasn't overly impressed with Chelsea, to be honest. Um, and I think they they had their own creative issues, but it's to be expected. It was two, it was two very um pragmatic performances, I think. I I do want to give some credit to Nuno in that um, you know, his game plan going coming up to this game will have been completely turned on its head on the second of Lampard, and we would have played a completely different way, I feel. And in a short space of time, he's had to turn around the game plan that he w- we would have had for a different performance under a different style of manager and a different mentality and morale of a squad. So I think there's something yeah. to be said there. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think anybody expected him to come out with a back three system with Callum Hudson-Odoi out on that right-hand side. It, it seemed a bit of an odd one um, from the off the face of it. But um, he got man of the match, so obviously he had a brilliant game, didn't he? Um, but anyway, uh, Dan, we, we get in at halftime, nil-nil. I mean, it feels very much like a very typical Nuno, keep it, keep yourself in the game, don't give anything away. Did Were you expecting a bit more ambition after the halftime break or, or what, what did you make of that? I think we've all got, we all got used to the mindset of Wolves are a second-half team in previous months, but I was kind of eating into that at halftime, thinking that we've built our way into the game. A chance will come the more they they start pushing forward and being a bit more risky with their with their passing and passing. And obviously once we get that one interception in the middle of the field with the, the pace that we've got with Neto and Adama, we're always going to create a chance. Um I just felt like we need to do something at half time. And I think you know made the right decision taking off um eight Nori because Apart from his final delivery, for Hudson had had him on the ropes throughout the first half. Yeah, Kim, what did you make of that change at half-time? Um, I was a bit surprised. Um, I think overall, um, I think the full-backs did okay. Like, I don't, I don't actually feel like they were... I don't actually feel like, as a defensive unit, we were ever, like, really under the cosh the whole game. Like... I don't know. I feel like we were never really on the ropes. They were never really creating loads of chances. We were always in our comfort zone, I felt, that whole game. Um, I was surprised in terms of I've never seen Samada play on the left wing back before. Eve. I don't think, for, for us anyway, he hasn't played that role before. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it's... Okay, like I, I just don't feel ever tested to be honest. Like, you know, we we were in our comfort zone, and it, it, it there's nothing more to say than we were fine, but we were never really tested. And and the most annoying thing about it is that we never kept the ball like we can, and we never created enough for me. Like from from the situations that we had, we were always happy. The fact that we would just in that sense, then you, you said you it was annoying. Wait, did you feel annoyed that that we weren't showing a bit more ambition, or did you expect that? I'm not sure if it was just ambition, but I think it was um, the fact that we, you know, how many times Traore literally lost the ball. Um, as an example, maybe you could say Pudence and Neto weren't much better, but. You know, I suppose it's just that mindset, isn't it? Every time you think Troy has got the ball, it's like just run at the defence, but or at least like, you know, pass it off fast. But we were just a bit slow to get that counter-attack for me. I feel, feel like we could have been a bit more quicker and decisive, like not, like we have been in, in previous years against the, the top teams, I think. Yeah, Matt. I mean, never. It's never a good look to get dragged for after forty-five minutes. But do you, do you think that's a bit of a a sign of Nuno's thoughts on Eight Nuri at the moment? I don't think it's a sign on his thoughts on him. I just think it's a sign of 
actually Nuno having the bollocks to make a change earlier than 70 minutes into a game and make that change not being bringing on a centre-back for a striker. I just think that it's time to like, you know, he's identified something that he finds a weakness and he's made a change at a point where at least he can have a conversation with the player he's going to bring on. I've got no, I've got, I don't think it's a slight on nor. And let's not forget how young the lad is anyway. Um, in terms of, I don't think he could be expecting he's going to get minutes every single week, every single game. So he can't be too disappointed either. Um, and you know what I mean? Hoover himself has shown promise. And I'm just glad that we've made a change at the right time. So I think we can all agree it was a, a change that improved us. Not necessarily needed to be made. It's not like we were at risk of conceding four or five because of one player, but it's, it was a positive change and we, we can only applaud that. Yeah, no, you're right. I, like you say, summed up well there. I think if, he, if he'd have come out for the second half, I don't think you'd have argued with it, but given that he made the change, you could see what he was what he was doing there. And um, to be fair to Keon at Herbert, he, he went on to prove why he made that substitution. I thought he had a really good second half. Um, so we we enter the second half. We, we, we're expecting that little step up in ambition, quality, a bit more pressure on the ball, etc. Now, it never really came. But at the same time, Dan, we had a very good chance to go ahead, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the, the chance that Neto and sort of Paladin's carved out for themselves, I'm, I'm, I think Paladin's might have actually been offside in, in the run-up to it if we actually, yeah, actually had scored. But we're, we're always going to create chances playing this formation because teams will get drawn out. And that one particular interception, whether it's from a fullback or Neves, we have got the pace to, to, to have these sort of clear chances because they've pushed so much forward. It's like saying the lack of ambition just comes with if we ever get set pieces in sort of decent areas, we never seem to make the most of them. I think like Neves put one in, maybe Neto put one towards the, the back post for, for Bolly to try and tail one in. But we, we are, we've talked about it before, trying to create chances on the fine margins. The way, the way we play with this formation we're only going to get limited amount of chances, but they are going to be clear cut because the team are being that much drawn out. I think this is we're going to have to get used to this as Wolves fans again because you either want us to have lots of possession and maybe win games two 0 or lose five nil. You're playing this formation; it's back to the fine margins again. I, yeah, I, I, again, I think it's the shape. I think is one thing. I think is the mindset because. Lest we forget, Antonio Conte won a, won a title, you know, playing 3-4-3. Um, obviously, a totally different set of players. But at the same time, it, it can still be, you know, a good attacking system. I think you, you've got that flexibility with it. It's, if, I mean, if you had Nelson Semedo and, and Herver bombing on into the final third of the pitch, you've got five players in attack, really, then. And it's it's still a very, um, you know, ambitious approach from there. Um, now, we got to see... The new boy with Umman and Aaron about the his availability. Uh, and lo and behold, it turns out that they managed to fast track whatever process they had to get through. Um, you know, let's not speculate on, on what they might have had to do for that. Um, but um, can we make any judgment on that, Kim? On William Jose, what did you make of his performance? I think we almost looked, you know, all the other players sort of came to life almost as soon as he came on. At least, you know, we were looking sort of forward. You know, he didn't have a chance and he, he didn't look like he was about to score. But at least a couple of times he laid the ball off. And then obviously at the end, he, you know, you could say that was going in. I don't know, but it, it didn't look like it was going in that shot at the end. So... Overall, you, you know, he didn't get that much, um, that many chances or that many that many touches on the ball. But I think overall, he, he looked, yeah, he looked at least like the player that we need at the moment. That to you know to keep the ball for a few seconds rather than it just literally bouncing off the the attacking players and, and moving on. Yeah, I mean, whether it was um, by luck or judgment, he did, he did a good job of stopping that header going goal band, um, but. Uh, Matt, I think he looks like like Kim says he looks like the kind of player that we need at this moment in time, and mm -hmm. he got he got himself into a couple of 
couple of wrestles with defenders. I think the kind of thing you like to see. Hundred um, percent, and I'm sure we'll get on to, to Neto's little tiff um, soon as well. But in terms of um, Jose, what I like to see is a player that is comfortable holding up a ball and not panicking, which is exactly what we want when we've got pacey wingers who can bomb on or, or fullbacks who can bomb on. Um, I, I don't think this is a this is a game where we're ever going to have his strengths purely on the basis that again we didn't want to lose that game. Um, but I think, you know, there's clearly a player there anyway, looking at, you know, we can all be YouTube scouts, as I'm sure we all have been since we, since he's signing. But um, we need that strong target man forward. It can get on the end of a cross that, that f- where Fabio Silva isn't that player, Catrano really isn't that player. So I think it's too early to make any kind of judgments, yay or nay on him. But I think there's real positives to come. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play against uh, Palace, hopefully. Dan, was there anything from William Jose that you that you like that you like the look of, or and, and, and I mean, it's obviously not fair to judge him on, on the basis of this performance, but anything that reassures you that we've made a good decision here? I, th- I thought he was solid from the moment he he, he, he touched the the green this evening. I, everything that he was asked to do, he did it with composure. You could see he was physical. He was, I think, he pinned Rudiger back a couple of times. Um, it, there was one sort of scramble in there area where he might have been able to get a shot off, maybe. But like I said, overall, I don't, I don't know what more you can ask him. He, he looked pretty agile considering he's he's a big big guy. He, he didn't look like a, uh, a like a, a sagbow Grand Holt target man that can barely run. He, he seemed pretty pretty marble. Like I said, everything that he was asked to do, he did it with um, good composure. Yeah. Good block at the end. Defender's instinct. The goals are coming. Yeah, for me, he, he kind of just looked. He looks like a mature, experienced footballer, didn't he? As soon as he came on, he looked like he understood what his job was. Um, not necessarily to go chasing the game or anything like that, but hold on to the ball when you get it. Fight the centre halves uh, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll see more of him, and uh, we'll, we'll get onto Crystal Palace after the break. But um, whether whether he'll make a start that that game, but. In, obviously, we haven't li- been like looking confident in any way, shape, or form recently. Um, a clean sheet will do wonders for that defence in particular. Um, Matt, how how much of an important result do you think it was just to not lose? I think it was really important, and I think there was a lot of questions being asked. And you know, let's talk about Connor Cody for a moment. Subbed off. In the uh, in the Black Country Derby, how important is it for his morale that a we get a clean sheet, b he's able to still have that confidence and presence to command the players in his in his ranks. Um, I think it's really important that he didn't take a mental battering after that game. Really, it would have been so easy to have had his to have his head knocked and then it go on into future performances. And I think build from the back, get keep the clean sheet. You can work your way forward. It's so much easier to to have that confidence when you know you're not going to be shipping goals left, right, and centre. Um, and then to do it against the Chelsea side that's full of talent. Let's not forget, just because they've had a shit run of form, doesn't mean they aren't a fantastic team. Like form is temporary. So I think a clean sheet is going to do us really well. Um, and I think in the long, but what I will say, Dan is spot on in in terms of his Kilman um, tirade in that. I'm not saying I don't necessarily think he's a bad player, but I think we are so much even more assured with Sace in the squad than we are with Kilwin in the squad. I think I that's a great point about Cardo. I hadn't even sort of taken that into account how, um, how low his morale would, must have been after the, the Albion game. And to be honest, he wasn't amazing against Chorley, but tonight against two of his like perennial foes, Giroud and Tammy Abraham, he's, he's, he's probably had one of his better performances tonight this season. There was a couple of like last-ditch blocks that he got in, which was... Was Cody at his best tonight? And I think, like we said, another clean sheet behind him after Chorley. Keep keep that confidence going. Get the belief back that we're, we're strong and resolute at the back. And then the goals will come on the counter attack from there. Yeah, no, you, you both make really good points. Just, I mean, we're not, we don't let players, um, we don't allow them to be kind of vulnerable in that way, do we? I guess it's, we're just they're meant to go out and be machines and perform every week and, and just let it, let it, you know, anything else just water off and ducks back to them. But you're right. I think Cody Cody performed really well. I'm still a bit 
the Kilmer one's a bit of an odd one for me. I don't know about you, Kim. You haven't you haven't said anything about him yet, but it's. Uh, I thought he played pretty well. He adds a physical presence. He's obviously you know pretty sturdy as a defender. The the quality on the ball may be a question, but what did you make of his performance? I don't know. I, I don't see, to be fair, I don't see the... I think he did okay, but I, I don't think any of our centre-backs were like moved around that much to is almost give an opinion. Um, I, I don't know. I, I tend to agree in the sense of that, that Sace hasn't done a lot wrong this season in terms of, you know, he hasn't got a yellow card, which he was a walking yellow card prior. Um, seasons prior and he's obviously been a threat you know uh, for corner so I agree that I'd probably prefer Sace over Kilman I think but to personally I don't feel like Kilman's done anything wrong so for me I would just want to see a settled back five for the next few games just to keep the consistency um you know, to build on the fact that we've kept our first clean sheet since October in the league, I believe. Um, so yeah, yeah for me, just keep 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 trying just to keep being consistent with the back five. Um, yeah, I think someone on our Insta Live actually before the game said Kilman is usually he's in, he's in for one game and he's out for five and yeah, you know, what are you supposed to do as a footballer if if you don't get that consistency and a lot of what we've done wrong so far this season has been down to just an absolute inconsistency in lineup. Um, I also agree on your other point that the, the defence weren't moved around and a lot of what they did was based upon the protection that the rest of the team was affording them. And I mean, I mean, John Terry made a career out of that, just being protected by other people. So um, you can quote me on that as well. An absolute bag of wank of a defender. But um, yeah, I mean, the, word, right. the word The word you used against me was the word tirade. I'm not saying he's an, a bad defender. You're speaking, you're speaking very aggressively, Dan, for someone no, who's not... No, I'm getting my point right. across because I'm not being thrown <laughs> under the bus for realism when I'm not being negative. It's realism. You have to look at our back three. We, we've all... Back three... That, that, sorry, our four centre-backs in, in the back three. We've discussed it numerous times now. It hasn't been upgraded since we got promoted. And Max Kilman isn't one of our three best centre-backs. That's my opinion. So if we're going to improve... He's another one that has to be upgraded on because technically we need to have three centre-backs who are good with getting us up the field quickly and precisely when we have the chance to. And I don't think he's got that passing range. Yeah, you're does, right. Does, does, Bolle, does Bolle, Dan? Uh, I think he, he has got a higher percentage of success more than what Kilman will ever have in his artillery. Mm. That's fair. I think that's fair. Bolle can be upgraded, but I still think he's... he's He's still one of the better centre-backs in the Premier League. His, he's, he's head and shoulders. His, are the, his the inconsistency has always been his downfall with Willie Bolly. We've said numerous times that maybe he's, um, he becomes a bit too overconfident with his performances and, takes, and loses his concentration. But I still think he's one of the better centre-backs in the Premier League. You, you, you're probably right, actually, Dan, on the, in terms of the passing. Um, probably. <laughs> in terms of the passing out from the back, Sace is statistically our best passer, um, better than Cody even. Um, and, and that's that's been proven, uh, I think, a few times this season. People don't it seems to spot that really. But um, in terms of the the nooks and the nuts and bolts of defending, I don't think Hillman has ever really let us let us down. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was getting at. Christoph yeah. Berra didn't really like make uh, do massive clangers. Physically, he was okay. Always was always going to win headers. The way Nuno sets us up, he's always going to allow crosses to get into the box. So. Bolly and Kilman and Sace to a degree should eat up the majority of crosses that come into the box. But if we're going to improve as a team, we need to be upgrading these type of players to have better players defensively who can get up the field quickly when we're going to have limited time to get out of, from the back. But they're yeah. all media, really, aren't they? All of them, apart from Bolly. Yeah, we've got to no, get, right. get rid of them then. We've got to get rid of them. We've got, we've got, got four days after this transfer window. If Fausten have got any ambition, Get some defenders in. Or wait for some their choice. It's gonna and Dan, come on. If you think of, if you think there's gonna be a, a a deal in the next few days, um, then uh, you know you've got another thing coming. But it, 
I think the, the point you made about Nuno not being able to coach a back four, part of it is because we don't have the defenders to play that system. And you're right, the, the quality of defender you need to play with a back four as opposed to a back three um, is, is is miles miles uh, you know higher than, than the one we've got at the moment. Yeah, you've got defenders like at Chelsea, you know, if, if a Thiago Silva was was there, you know, even he's probably on his last legs in terms of playing in the back four. But, you know, you're looking at that kind of defender in his prime to to really, you know, make sure you're solid at the back in that shape. So um, Right. So, OK, we we haven't got the defenders to play a back four is what you, you're, you're giving leniency towards new now. Yeah. 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 So what was the recruitment policy in the summer then? If we no, were no, transitioning no, to a back I've, four, I've said this. I've said this. Yeah, yeah. I've said this. If we were transitioning to a back four. Why haven't they got a proper out and out centre back to go next to Bolly? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And people are crying out for a creative midfielder. I don't think that's our priority at the moment. I, I think we need a proper, proper good centre half that you, we we can't improve. Look what Virgil Van Dijk did for Liverpool. You know, you 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 don't you don't get to that kind of standard of football unless you have a really solid defence and, and it can make that much of a difference, I think. I'm not, I'm not saying Always. we were going to go out and buy Ruben Diaz because that just does... Well, Tim Spears did. Tim Spears yeah, did. But, yeah, but if, if we were actually crowded £50 million, pound, Wolves are never going to spend that on a centre-back, are we? But we spent, oh. spent it on an 18-year-old striker. Too shy. 35. Yeah. It's not that much more. Yeah, yeah. there aren't many like, Portuguese centre backs 18 years old that could be worth 100 million pounds in five years, is there? No, maybe not. Maybe not. But let's get back to the glorious 0 0 draw versus Chelsea. I want a man of the match from each of you guys. Who are you going for, Matt? We'll, we'll kick off with you. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Bolly, I think, just on the basis that the defensive was sound and he, and he made a very, very needed clearance without booting it into the back of his own net. There wasn't an amazing amount of quality on display. Um, so for the fact that we kept a clean sheet and that's what our focus is, is on, it seems, I'll give it to Bolly. Yeah. Kim, what do you think? The same reasons as Matt, but I'd just give it to Cody just for his, you know... Because he could do with a bit of a... He could do with a bit of a pick-me-up like Nuno on his birthday so. cake. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, who's your man of the match? We know it's not Kilman, so but, but crack on. Yeah, um, I was I was probably edging towards Bolly until Matt brought up Cody's lack of confidence after the Albion game, and I think I think he's just edged it tonight. There was two last last ditch tackles, blocks, headers, headed clearances where I think Sherwood would have put him in front. So yeah, he's just nicked it for me tonight. I thought he was solid for it. And I'm going for Callum Hudson. No, no, definitely not. Didn't really understand that one, Glenn. I'm sorry, but yeah, Bolly for me, Bolly for me for sure. I think he, you know, when Nuno made that point about him coming back into the team against West Brom, first time he's, I think he's ever suggested that a player will start in a pre-match press conference. I think he understands himself how much of a difference he makes at the back and just how many headers he won today. Um, I'll have a look um, at some point, but it, it was it was pretty imperious. So uh, well done him, um, and we'll send him a little man of the match award in the post. I'm sure. <laughs> But um, we'll uh, we'll leave Chelsea behind there. The, the um, I don't think we'll be recording that fixture for for much longer, anyway. But we'll uh, be looking ahead to the Crystal Palace fixture at the weekend after the break. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, wolvesfancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back, Wolves fans. It's part two of this Wolves Fancast episode and uh, having done, done away with the Chelsea draw, we're going to have a look forward to our next opponents which are Crystal Palace who 
Amazingly, we uh, we've been quite fond of this season, haven't we, guys? Um, two two fixtures against them, both at home, three goals scored, zero conceded. It's all going swimmingly well, and um, that sets us up for a comfortable victory, does it not, Kim? What do you reckon? Well, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, the Palace West Ham game was it last night. I think it was last night. Um, I don't think Palace are in their greatest run of form at the moment, um, it's fair to say. Um, I don't think they look great at the back, which is actually a bit strange to say about Palace because usually they're quite I think, quite good at the back. Um, but yeah, I think this game, well, hopefully it might suit us. Again, I'd still go five at the back, but I think, yeah, I think, I think we could do something. I think they're not in their greatest run of form. Apart from Zahar, they don't look great moving forward. I think Zahar always is a goal threat. But, yeah, I'm pretty pretty optimistic, actually. You know, it's, I think it's going to be a completely different game compared to the game tonight. Um, you know, Palace almost play like us, don't they? They, they prefer to play on the counter-attack. So, I think, yeah, I think we can, I think we can get a result. Danny, are you, are you full of hope based on the last two fixtures that we've had so far this season against them. Yeah, genuinely, I'm just to sort of reiterate what, what, what Kim said there. I watched the, the Palace-West Ham game last night and I think we're pretty much the same sort of formation as what West Ham are playing at the moment with um, wing-backs two in the mid and, and and three up front. I think they've got like Bowen, Antonio and four nails up front in their three. And how they didn't win that game 7-8 last night Palace. I mean, Antonio could have had four alone. He just wasn't his night. I think he, he had the woodwork twice. I think they are coming to the end under Roy Hodgson as a as a club, Crystal Palace at the moment. I've, I noticed a few Crystal Palace fans on my Twitter feed who um, they were actually saying the other night, we hope West Ham beat us five or six so we can get him out. It's, it's come to sort of that sort of toxic level at Palace now. They are just um, get the ball to Wilf and hope he does something. And you know what Wolf's like if, if his first sort of shot doesn't um, go in, he's, he's just a bit petulant after that because he yeah, got the players around him to help him. I, I think it, I'd be really disappointed if we don't get three points against them the weekend. Yeah, I think um, Hodgson's contract is actually up at the end of the season. So they're, they're kind of wheeling him out of the building as we speak, really, and um, just, just consolidate him for the rest of this season and, and, and make a change then. But... Matt, what do you take from those games that we've played already against them this season? And what do you what do you build on? What do you keep? What do you what do you remove? Well, I think Dan's got it spot on in that you frustrate a team like Palace, where their only outlet really is Zahar. I suppose Mitchy Batshuayi, the, the the lost man himself, he um, can be a threat, I guess. But the more you frustrate them, the more the more they lose their head. That team and Palace at the moment, they are in they are banging trouble. If it wasn't for uh, Newcastle, I'd be lumping my money on them to go down alongside the Albion and Sheffield United at the minute because they look so devoid of form, devoid of quality. Apart from the two that they scored last night, they barely score goals in open play, but they can't keep a clean sheet either. Um, I, 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 I won't lie to you, I'm expecting three points quite comfortably, if I'm honest. Um, I think if we can, um, obviously we'd hope that William Jose will start um, and we we punish them on the counter, and we frustrate them, and then we then we hit them with that pace that we have. Um, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but it's I'd be very disappointed if we don't win that game. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about Selhurst Park. It's just one of those one of those pitches where I feel like there's never space. Mm. It just looks a bit tight. It's a bit of a hideous little shitty ground. And I, I don't think we've actually had a good time of it there, have we, really? I think Doherty scored the winner there a couple of seasons ago. I mean, last season, we had a very late, very late um, equaliser with 10 men. And, and that actually turned our season around, to be fair to it. So, um, Dan, do you, do you think this could be a bit of a turning point beyond the, the clean sheet that we, we picked up tonight? Yeah, I think so. I think pretty much what Matt says. If I think if Willie Willie Jose starts on Saturday, we've we've got to go out and punish this team purely on just the the confidence and the current ability that they've got in their team. I don't think they've got any legs in their midfield. I think is it um, 
James McArthur and Milivojevic, the they ain't got the legs in midfield. You win that midfield battle, I, I think they're there for the taking on Saturday. The only difference West Ham had, if we had Suchek instead of Den Donker in our midfield, we'd be such a, a more advanced team at the moment because as good as Den Donker is, in that attacking half, he's just, it ain't his game. He's, he's a centre-back for me, pushing defensive midfielder, but put him in that attacking half, he's just, I feel sorry for him because he just can't find the net that chance he had tonight against Chelsea, yeah, that, that, that first touch. Is that just, first touch, yeah, it was poor. It was poor. You're right. But how many chances right. is it? How many chances has he missed this season in like guilt-edged areas? It's. I think he's had um, more shots on target or more shots without scoring than anyone this season in the Premier League. Um, something like that. Might be like, like an Andros Townsend kind of stat. Like, I feel like he's that kind of player as well. But Kim Dan mentioned the the big man there. Sorry, crack on. That, what was that? Palace game will be that Palace game will be won in terms of centre midfield, and if we get our fullbacks up the pitch as much as possible and actually go out and attack them, there's no way we can't win the game. It's just as simple as that. As Dan said, there's they've literally got nothing in centre midfield, and we haven't been great in centre midfield ourselves, but. If Den Donker and Neves can't, like you know, control the game against Macarthur and Mihalovic, then there's no hope for us. You know, as long yeah. as as long as Neves takes place the game, and you know we spray the ball quickly out out to our fullbacks, and we play William up top and and get the ball out wide to. You know, Neto and Adama or Pedent, then I can't see anything but a, a win. But I don't want to tempt fate. But yeah. So what yeah, you yeah. it's a horrible place, Sellers Park. He's just the, the stands, yeah. the, the pitch. I mean, it's Premier League pitch, but even that, it just doesn't look like a Premier League pitch. The whole environment is just, yeah. it's a knackered club. And we, we but, never. But then you, you say that at the same time, I feel like Palace are that team that. They let you play as well. Yeah. Now, Hodgson has turned kind of me- mid-table mediocrity into an art form almost, wherever, whenever he's been. So he must be doing something right. But, I mean, I- I've done this in my in my last GTA vid where I picked out why we seem to do well against Palace. And it was Connor Cody's pass map was literally like just, a, you know, for those not obviously not able to see me, I've... I'm like the angel of the north on a slight angle. Like his passes were literally straight out to the wing backs. Um, you know, easy as easy as you like. You know, plenty of possession in the in the in the final third of the pitch. And you just think, well, surely people know, people know and have stopped us doing that um, over the course of this season. In certain games, last season as well. So you wonder why they, they they seem to be missing a trick there, but. It's, um, like, it's like what you said. That they, they gave us the room to get our wing backs into play. I think Aiton Norby had a really good game in the, in his in the league. Did. The FA Cup game that let us just spread those passes all day. Because like I said, their two centre midfielders haven't got the legs. Eze, Andros, Wilf, they're not midfield wingers who are going to chase back all day all game. So it's, it, it doesn't make sense if, if we can't win this game with the way that we're going to set up. And if if we have got a focal point of like really Jose up front. I, we should be looking to decrease our poor goal difference on Saturday. So, important point though, uh, given that you know we're all talking about how we should be approaching this game and, and we should be confident of getting a victory based on how we played against us so far this season. Part of our downfall had some strange team selections, players being unavailable, etc. So, Matt, what what do you go with this Saturday? Three PM, by the way, as well. Saturday, yeah. three PM. I think. Um... I think you've got to go with the five at the back, give or take, Kilman slash Sace. I think you have to look at um you have to look at the left wing back, make a decision there. Is Ait Nori gonna be given as much of a run around against Crystal Palace? Probably not. So could we do with his attacking strengths? Potentially we could. Um I think William Jose has to start. I think Neto has to play. Podence on the right, potentially, as opposed to Traore, depending on 
I don't know, the mentality of, of the guy looks a bit devoid of his own confidence at the moment. And I, But then, is this the kind of game that you play a player like that in the hope that he gets a goal and build confidence because Palace are there to be got at? I don't think Matinho starts, for me, on the basis that he should be used as a luxury item at the moment, not as a starter for us. Um, there's some interesting decisions to be made there. And I think if he gets it right, Nuno, we could have a really positive result. So, Dan, given that we all are in agreement, basically, that we should be going with the back three, that obviously leaves us a little bit short in terms of options and, and places to fit everyone in at the top end of the pitch. So a bit of a dilemma potentially there. So what what do you think we we do up, up at the top end? It's a, I imagine it's a welcome dilemma for new now, that, to be honest. I, I think what Matt said there, it's just... Willie, I was asking your focal point. Neto has to start, so it's just flip a coin between Adama and Podence. I think, I mean, I absolutely love Daniel Podence. He's, he's everything that I want to see in a, a t- attacking forward, winger, whatever you want to call him. Um, but Adama's just, his pace is just another level, isn't he? I think, I think Adama will just nip it on um, on Saturday in the starting lineup for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not it's not unheard of for, for Nuno, like we saw today, for to just go with the strikeless formation, isn't it? But it just doesn't fill you with confidence that you're going to go out and score a goal um, without that presence in the box. And at the same time, Traore getting down the flank and getting crosses in doesn't leave any space for Pudence. But I, in my, I'm really conflicted here based on the fact that I think Pudence knits it all together in the final third. Neto and Traore in isolation have still played well in parts of the season um, but they they need someone to get on the end of the to either link them up together or, or get on the end of the crosses and things so it's a bit of a in an a ideal dilemma. world in an ideal world it'd be playing 4-2-3-1 but we ain't got the ideal defenders have we we don't no you're right you're right you're totally right and um, that's um, definitely a slight on the recruitment uh, at the club at the moment and uh, needs addressing 100%. 100%. Um, so what, let's have a prediction from you guys, Matt. We'll go with you to begin with. I think we're going to keep a clean sheet and I think we're going to score a couple, but I'm not going to be overzealous. So I think we're going to have a comfortable and undramatic 2-0 win. Dan, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I fancy us the weekend to really start putting um, our foot forward on this season. I'm going to go 3 0 Wolves. Three goals from a new. Willie Jose announced himself to the Premier League on Saturday. He's going to get two. Okay, okay. I like your optimism. Positive club here today. Kim, can you make it a full positive, full out in positive club for the result on, uh, on Saturday? Well, I was going to. I was going to. 3-0, but I'll go 3-1. That feels like a negative club. Clean sheets. Jose. Clean sheets are the order of the day. She's allowing for a Samado mistake there. Oh, we haven't even got on to Samado today, have we? Um, his two biggest fans in Matt. His two biggest fans are on as well, Matt and Kim. Hey, hey, so. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's have it right. I have only ever constructively criticised the, the lads. And, and I've said on numerous occasions that he has improved dramatically over the course of the season. You need to you need to offer him a shit sandwich, um, Matt. You know, nice loaf of bread, shit in the middle, good good feedback either side. Have you been in one of my one-to-ones at work? That's, that's my technique, <laughs> right, that is. There was a couple of like intertwined, intertwined questions from our Twitter corner this evening, sort of referencing Palace. Um do you, who do you start left wing back on Saturday, Samado or Eight Nori? And is Eight Nori just Benagre with a shit haircut and less step overs? Hey, has Eight Nori <laughs> many errors so far that have caused goals as Benagre has or had? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think my my biggest problem with Benagre was if okay, ideal scenario. The, the goal that Aitnuri set up against Everton, where he, he beat Decore down the flank and whipped it in, I don't think I ever saw Vinagre do anything like that, personally. 
Um, if he if he was faced up with Decore in that position, he'd have wanted to beat him three times and then get the crossing maybe afterwards. Um, but I know he was nice and direct there. To be fair to him, so he's not just a Vinagre with a with a shit afro. He is. Scott Goldborn, 2.0 with a shit air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a left back if you ever needed one. Um, but personally, going back to the point, I, I think we start. I know you need a natural left footed option down that flank with, with a bit more ambition in the team on Saturday. I agree. And I'm not, it's not about square pegs and round holes. Let's be honest. Why not Samedo, who we've paid £40 million for to start? At right back, why would you start faffing around putting him at left back when we've got clearly a decent left back when we shouldn't be having to defend that much against Palace? We might have to. I'm not saying we won't, but in theory, if we're on the front foot, you know, ain't Norrie, he's left-footed, he is okay defensively and he's good going forward, so... Why would you? I, I just don't think you should change that. Considering we've got a clean sheet and he's played a good forty-five, I'd just to go with what we started with personally. No, that's fair. I mean, even though you despise Nelson Samada, you wouldn't start Hover. I don't despise Samado. I just think that for the forty million pound that we've spent, I'd like him to be a little bit better defensively. But fair enough, he, he's looked okay. Not as good as Matt Doherty going forward. I heard you had your legal team at work look for a clause so we could send him back in his contract. That's what that's the rumour I heard. <laughs> substantiate those claims. Her legal team says no comment. Comments. That's it, exactly. deafening. I plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to get Twitter hates from the stop there. Look, all we've got to look forward to these days is Twitter hate, guys. So just, you know, yeah, what, bring what, it do you think, what do you think I do those mental health podcasts? You can't have a go at somebody that talks about mental health. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you got literally, you're bulletproof now, Matt, honestly. Bulletproof. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Can I throw some more shade to our recruitment team as well? We've spent nearly 40 million pounds on Nelson Semedo, and Barcelona haven't got a pot to piss in at the moment. Why have we sent them that much money when they're in so much trouble? How have we not foreseen the disaster of such a tin pot club? And How have we spent that much a money on Stamado? On a defender who can't defend. Okay, if he can't defend, why was he moved over to the left hand side today to stop Hudson Adoy from doing anything? Because he had more pace than eight Nori. So what happened? Callum Hudson Adoy got man of the match because of how good he was in the first half, and then second half he petered out and then got moved to the other side. Uh, that is the biggest compliment you can pay to a defender that your winger gets flipped over to the other flank. Nah, because it was all about yeah. getting Pulisic on the right and Zoyech on the right, so they can ping left-footed crosses into the box for Giroud. Nah, nah, you take that. You take that one. That's a badge of honour. That winger gets switched over to the other side. Seen him off. Seen him yeah, off. Because you, want, you wanted, like, he wanted Hudson Adoy cutting in from the left to shoot with his right. Well, that didn't go well, did it? He got man of the match. <laughs> he got man of the. Case closed. Case closed. Claire Noddle is the final word on the Wolves fancast. Any more from Twitter Corner, Dan? Before there's, we there's, uh, wrap Dean Marsden, regular follower, regular supporter. Thanks for your contribution, Dean. He's asked. What would you rather, FA Cup win and 17th place finish or Raul to return and score a hat-trick against the Albion? Let let me put a different, like just an extra bit of zest on the end of this. FA Cup win and 17th place finish or Raul to return and score a hat-trick against the Albion, which relegates them? Do you still get Europe for FA Cup? Yeah, you might, yeah. It's got to be the FA Cup then, hasn't it? It It has to be. If if it's Europe, if it's Europe, it has to be the FA Cup, and I say that because in how many months' time now? In nine months' time, West Bromwich Albion will just be a fart in the wind that was uncomfortable at the time, but we we can forget about it for another two three years. Um, whereas you, whereas, whereas the FA whereas the FA Cup is glory, glory, my friend, that we can talk about for years and years to come, and that, that and Europe ma- means we maintain some of the players that we need to keep. 
and we have a chance of better recruitment and that's all there is to say but about we don't that. necessarily win it do we we don't necessarily win the FA Cup we just get to the final so we could get dumped by Man City no that's the that's the the, the question you win the FA Cup or the other part yeah oh win the FA Cup there's still too much to consider here. There's still too much to think because ultimately we could relegate them and still finish top seven and get into Europe or something as well. Oh, on now, my friend. Hey, it's once, still a once we win, once we win three 0 at Palace Saturday, we're just we're, we're on the on the up then. Oh my god, baby. <laughs> oh well, this lockdown's really taking its toll, isn't it? We are. I just told. Jimenez to hat trick, relegate him, never see him again because we could go win the <laughs> FA Cup. We're never going to get out of our houses. We're locked down forever. Oh, yeah. We the ain't seen Wolves in Europe. We ain't Cup. even seen Wolves at the Molyneux again. <laughs> it's over. That's a fair point. <laughs> fair, fair point. The idea of seeing it, us win the FA Cup at Wembley without us being there. Oh, God. That's the ultimate, the ultimate shithousery, isn't it, of COVID? Oh, God. Nice one, Boris. <laughs> Can we end on a nicer note, please, Dan? Please, we must have something. Um, is Adama the laziest player we have ever had in the Premier League? <laughs> or does he not want to be at Wolves anymore? Is Traore oh, a passenger we can ill afford? Let me, let me try and find a good one. Now, five Twitter strangers you like to have a beer with post-lockdown. We'll have one each. Twitter strangers? Are we talking about followers or what? Just just one person you don't know, but you know on Twitter you like a post beer. I want to I want to have a karaoke with Wendy off uh, Twitter, please. Get a few gins and going on the go karaoke, mate. I hope she's listening. I hope she's listening. Who's yours, Gully? Who are you going for a beer with? You know, I reckon I, you you, yeah. you 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 more about Wolves analytics, ain't you? Yeah, he is. You you, get, you you've got a you've got a, a Bro, man's going on with Wolves analytics. You are. I'll take my I'll take my tactics board with me as well. Yeah. Um. I was actually going to say that. Um. Is it suppressed seek? Have you seen his? He. He's, he's army following him, and he's got some funny shit going on. He, he rinses Monty Panisar as well, Tim um, Dan. So, you uh, you Monty might Panisar like rinses himself daily when he wakes <laughs> up. Just exists in my world, in my head, rent fucking free, and just ruins my head. <laughs> Kim, you're going to give a shout out to anyone, on, any strangers on Twitter you might fancy a gin with? I actually follow any, I never follow anyone on Twitter. I literally, I can't stand Wolves fans. Oh, oh. no. Whoa. Check, Wait, check, check. just cut the fan base. <laughs> who's that American guy? I forgot his name. Todd. Hey. One of the American guys. She only wants, she wants to go to America for a bit, doesn't she? She's, she's, she's thought about it. I need some sun. I'm locked in my house. I need some sun. So some That American guy, I forgot his name. Don't know. But, more, yeah, him. Check out, check out followers. Um, drop <laughs> as soon as the podcast release now. Hate all the fans. Kim, you only, you only wanted us for your money for the well yeah that's what it is chuck her under the buzz lads and the well <laughs> have got the the well are very 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 grateful of the £10,000 that Wolves fans £10,050 that Wolves fans raised that's rescued it that has well done well done everybody well done Kim are you ginned up? Is is this is this what's going on now? You just you just how long have we been recording, Matt? And Gully's only asking now whether Kim's ginned up. Screens froze. No, yeah, no. I'd like to go for a drink with Ian Powell. <laughs> no, I did not. Set no the world idea, I, I, I feel like there's animosity which has come from nowhere and it's unjustified. I, I think we, we can all we can all live in peace. Reconciliation. There's nothing, like a, there's nothing like a beer to do that, is there? No. And on that rather friendly note, I think we'll wrap up, guys. Um, it's good night from me. 
Matt, say goodbye. Take it easy, guys. Look after yourselves. Kim. And finally, Dan. We're never getting out of lockdown. <laughs> Good night. Rest, rest easy, Wolves fans, and uh, we'll speak to you after the Palace game.